Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWorldOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Good evening, sports fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 530. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and I got Will online, and Aunt Mike is open already. Because it's just the two of us tonight that's going to do with this podcasting. Charles is off in Toronto, and Rudy, no fucking idea. So, anyhow, uh, we're going to do our podcast. Uh, we're in training camp. It's pretty exciting. All the camps are going. Uh, there's a couple people been released, a couple people been suspended, a couple of this happening. Not really much going on, but uh, we're going to start getting ex- exhibition games pretty quick, and that's going to be exciting. Although we're not going to get to see them on TV because TSN dropped two out of their only four games that they carry, and uh, which is kind of sad. But they, that's uh, what happens. There's no money in it, so uh, why spend the money on production? And that's understandable. I just... Uh, I think they should be forced to do it. If you're going to show all the games, then you should show all the games. Why not the preseason? But that's just me. Uh, I like to watch the preseason games. I like to watch some of the players that never make a team and uh, go from there. Uh, but shit happens, and uh, you deal with it. Uh, William, welcome to the show, buddy. How are you doing? What's up with you? Anything neat and new wonderful? You're smoked out in Calgary with those little big fires up in Grand Prairie and Fort St. John and up north and yuck and, and the smoke is in merit here. It's been cloudy or smoggy, misty for the last two days and hotter than hell. Well, I'm looking you know forward to I this wanna, fire season at all. I want to talk about one thing right off the bat. I want to talk about injustice, okay? okay? I was talking about injustice. Uh, of what? I don't know if injustice. injustice? Yes, sir. Okay. I don't, know if you got, I don't know if anybody read the story today. On about Stevie Wonder. Everybody knows who Stevie Wonder is, right? Yeah. He's a singer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not personally, but yes. So, so yeah. he, he has a number of children, okay? And he pays, yeah. he pays $25,000 a month per child for alimony. And he still Why? hasn't seen his kids. Hold on, and he still hasn't seen his kids. Still hasn't seen his kids, no, and he won't. <laughs> it's just, it's not fair. No, it's not. Anyways, it was a joke. It was a really bad joke, but hey, I thought it was pretty cool. It, it, it's you know a dark side joke, yeah. I, 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 I'm looking forward to the long weekend. I got a shit ton of work to do in my yard, but on Monday afternoon at 2 o'clock, Hopefully, I get to go see a football game. Wow, that's it's pretty exciting. An, it's only an exhibition game, but I still get to go see a football game with players on the field against my favorite team, the Edmonton Eskimos. And it should be a good Monday afternoon, unless they cancel it, which they could very easily do. Because, Why would it be canceled? Uh, because the, for Stampeders air quality? Have, the Stampeders haven't 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 uh, practiced outside all week, so. Wow. 
I guess it must really be bad for the Elks up in Edmonton. You know what I've heard? It's not as bad in Edmonton, depending on which way the which way the wind is blowing. So I don't know. Yeah, it's forest fires. You were pretty pro. You're probably familiar with those because you live in BC. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We had to bug out two years ago. So. Right. Hopefully uh, that doesn't that's happen again this year. We'll see what happens. But well, we're better we'll prepared see. for it this year, I hope. Well, and a lot of people in Alberta aren't happy because, of course, it's a long weekend, and these people all like to go to trek, go to treks to the outdoors and light big bonfires. Well, there's no bonfires allowed in Alberta right now. Then they like to get on or their ATVs. They like to get on their ATVs. Well, you can't do that now either. Okay? So there's not much to do but sit beside a monolith campfire and drink. How much fun is that? Especially if it rains out. So, yeah, yeah. What can you do? Yeah, we went into a full full, uh, fire ban today at noon. And oh, they you? said that it will be lifted on October 13th. It's not even given in any ifs, ands, or buts. It's just it's in, in play right now until the middle of October with the ability to be extended. Wow. Okay, it must be really dry this year, obviously. Oh, it is. I mean, shit, we've had two days of rain since January. Must be global warming. Must be must yeah, be right. because of must be because of carbon in the air. It must be because of the LBTGQWXYZ community. I don't know what's it all about. What's it so, all about? So do you, I have a question for you. Do you know what the LGBT stands for? Uh, LB sorry, what is it? LBG, right? No, L-G-B-T. L-G-B-T. Uh, ladies and guys, bacon and tits. Yeah, you're going to hell, or you're going to be in trouble for that, Christopher. We might get kicked off forever now. So, but, okay, I don't care. What do you Liquor, guns, bacon, and tits. It's everything yeah. that any man needs. I call them the alphabet group, and I leave it at that, okay, because I can't keep up with them. So all I know is, you know, they don't really preach that in the CFL, but they preach diversity. I guess it's the same thing, right? Yeah. I don't know. I don't care. I don't care either. I don't care either. So I, I I am following this Miller Light thing quite closely. I just I can't believe that a big corporation screwed up that badly, and and, and then tried yeah. to to backpedal and then got caught in both sides. Now uh, it's the you, left don't like you, them and the right don't like them. And, could you? And you really know what they did today? Explain. They came up with with Camel cans and and, and Harley Davidson edition cans of of Bud Light. That's a swing and a miss. So can you explain to me what this is all about? I have no clue. What? What this Bud, Bud Light, Light thing is about. Yeah. Okay. 
So there's this um, uh, social media influencer named Dylan Mulvaney, who recently, yep. who is, is like got millions and millions of followers and whatever happens, what, and he, she, whatever it, uh, just celebrated its uh, first anniversary as a woman. Okay. Okay. Now. I don't know whether it's actually had the surgery to convert or it's just playing dress up. But anyhow, um, Bud Light produced a uh, special edition can with Dylan Mulvaney's picture on it. Okay? Okay. And, you know, supporting this man's one-year anniversary of womanhood. And people are losing their fucking minds over it. And, you know, uh, Kid Rock took a semi-automatic rifle to a, a case of Bud Light and blew it all up. And uh, it just it's just gone nuts. And Bud Light straight across the board in America is off 25% of sales. We're talking about billions. Anheuser-Busch lost $9 billion dollars in value in the first week alone. It's, it, it's been a catastrophic disaster for them. So now they're backpedaling and trying to make everything all better and trying to distance themselves from this uh, transgender, shall we call them. And now the, LG, the alphabet committee is all pissed off at them now because they're, they've pulled their support for the he's, Anheuser-Busch pulled the support from this. So now the left doesn't like them, and the right doesn't like them. Nobody's, everybody's boycotting Anheuser-Busch, and it's just not Bud Light. It's all Bud products. It's all Anheuser-Busch, 60 different brands or whatever. It's right across the board. is is dropping like rock. So wow. that's what it's about. Now, we should be talking football, but I just thought this was kind of funny. And I've been following it very, very closely just because it's entertainment. Well, I, I and it's very entertaining. I find it's pretty entertaining that we're supposed to support that community, but the minute you put a person on a beer can, people boycott it. Are, are you telling well, me it's? Are you telling me people don't accept it? Is that what you're saying? Really? I, I'm saying that the majority of people in in America do not accept it. Uh-huh. The majority. I guess I, I guess I should move to fucking America. That's all I'm saying. So. So. Anyhow. Yeah. Um, and, okay. and, and, well. anyhow, let's not talk, let's go, let's talk football because I could go on for, for days on this subject here and yeah, pros, no. cons, and indifferent. I really don't care what anybody does. I, I honestly do not care. You know, I don't either. But don't push, don't throw it in my face. No, no, don't I, shove I, it down my I, throat. I, 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 I don't care I what believe, you do. I believe people should have the rights to do what they want to do, but I don't have to hear about it, man. Yeah, no, no, and it's the whole thing about you know people. You're you're using the wrong pronouns, and I said no. Just because you have a mental issue. And you believe this? That's fine. That doesn't mean that we have to participate in it. Right. Right. Like I that's have my said, belief. Anyhow, like I, like I have said numerous about, times in my life, 
how come yeah. how come they don't have a old fat guy pasty or old white fat guy parade? Okay, I, I don't know. Pride they parade. They There's a lot of we us. Should have, we should all have our own parade. So yeah. that's all I'm saying. All I'm saying. So, anyways, let's move on to football. Because I'm excited about football. football. Can, you coming. want to talk football? I want to talk football. It's coming. Matt Steinberg an article. He says we have a new, we have a new defending Grey Cup champion for the first time since 1919. We've had lock, blockbuster trades and all kinds of free agent movement, and now a brand new season is upon us. Welcome to the training camp, 2013 training camp. Let's get to see what you want. Okay. Toronto Argonauts, who are the great defending Grey Cup champions, defending Grey Cup champions, head into the thing with um, Chad Kelly as their quarterback of record. Um, McLeod Bethel-Thompson went south, and he's in the yep. USFL New Orleans. No, he's in the uh, XFL New Orleans. Oh, no, it is U- XFL or USFL? Is he USFL. I thought Okay, really? Okay. He- I don't know. That's what it said. I'm just reading it. Oh, okay. So unless St- Pat Steinbeck got it wrong, then no, no, no. Is yeah, it possible? You're it fine. You're fine. You're good. Right. Go ahead. Okay. So, um, you know, there's new faces to watch. Jordan Williams is there. He's a linebacker. That was uh, the guy who came over from BC in free agency. There's a couple of guys flying under AJ Lay. Is uh, the running back there sitting there? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Andrew Harris is back for another season. Yep. Let's see what happens over there. Uh, we're, let, let's do the Eastern Division because it, this this story goes out of sync. So I'll just go down and find the next Eastern Division. Hamilton Tiger Cats. Hamilton Tiger Cats, big off-season storyline. They brought in Bo. Bo Levi Mitchell from the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, they traded for his rights at the end of the season. Uh, Jameer Thurman is there. Uh, don't forget uh, Jagger Davis has returned. Uh, they've done some pretty amazing things. Uh, I don't know whether – I haven't read the entire agenda, but they just brought in two new coaches. Did you see that? Um, yep. Scott, Mil- Scott Milanovic is in Hamilton. Yep. As uh, I, I don't think he's the offensive coordinator. I don't know what position he is. And the other guy is uh, Jeff Steinfeld. He is back as special Rainbow. teams for Hamilton. Right. Yep. Sorry. And uh, I mean, they're they're loading up. They're loading up coaching. They're loading up players. They're, they're loading up making, everything. They're going for a. They're making, they're making a, a, a breakup run, run. They're going to make a run and, for and it. Good for them. I, yep. I just you and I both agree. They need a backup quarterback because yeah. there's a but, good possibility you know, something bad's going to happen to them and their season's going to tank. You know what? I've been looking. I've been looking at Hamilton though, and holy crap, do they have a killer defense? Like just a killer yes. defense. Yeah, but, they without doubt. But I also heard this week. This week, and they never tell you why. Jameer Thurman, not Jameer Thurman. Um, uh, come on, the guy, the defensive lineman who who only goes to Grey Cups. What's his name? Hey, oh, Jagger Davis. 
Jagarin Davis, he's been suspended. Yes. Why did he get suspended? Any idea? Okay, so here, here's a question. Here's a question. It does, doesn't really matter why he's suspended. There's multiple reasons why a player would get suspended. And why, what is a suspended player? That's what I've got to ask you. A player who doesn't participate in practice? Right now, okay. anyway? So if they, if they don't want him, they would simply release him. Right. Okay, gone. Goodbye. Okay. So they suspend players for a couple of reasons. One is they haven't showed up or they, they've got permission not to be at training camp because of personal affairs are not in order where they are. They might not have a passport, can't get across the border, uh, having problems with their wife, their kids. There's a plethora of personal reasons why a player isn't at training camp. And the team then has the right to suspend them, okay? And it's usually mutual, right? It, being suspended is not a bad thing, okay? So if it's a, an attitude problem or it's not getting well along with other players or whatever else, you wouldn't really suspend them. You'd release them or trade them. If you don't want them in the training camp, then you shouldn't be in the training camp. Now, the other thing that they do is they suspend players for various reasons simply to bring their roster number down so that they can bring yep. somebody else in to have a look at. Yep. Okay? So if Hamilton is comfortable with Jaguar Davis at training camp, he doesn't need to practice anymore. He is doing wonderful. He's awesome. They are going to put him in the lineup. They suspend him right now, and they bring in some other running back or somebody else that they want to take a look at, another kicker, you know, so that they can – because they're only allowed so many people in camp. Yep. So they would put, put Ja'Kaeo Davis on the shelf, bring in somebody else, let him play and take – and decide – Hey, I got three guys in camp right now. I want to bring a fourth in. I'm going to keep two of them. I'm going to release two. But I really want to see this other guy, but I can't bring him in because I don't have a roster spot for him. Okay, let's suspend you, Garrett Davis. I got all four of them on the field at the same time. Okay, I'm taking these two. You two are get released. Jagarrett Davis is unsuspended and back into training camp. Yeah. Now, I, I, got, I got called out on, on the Let's Talk um, Facebook group because this is exactly what it is. I, I, I posted this, and the guy said, oh, you're an idiot. And I go, I don't know why people think that they have the, the right or the ability to say this to me, but they do, and, and especially when I'm right and they're wrong. But it, it is a little, literally an abuse of the rules, Okay. You're not supposed to suspend somebody so you can bring somebody back in. They're supposed to be suspended for a reason, like a personal reason. That's what gives them the right to do that. Every team does it, so nobody really says something about it. But if you were like Chris Jones in Saskatchewan and you suspended half your team to bring in another 40 players to look at them, then that's an abuse of the rule. Right? Does that make sense? Correct. Yep. So, so it, there is a rule in place that you're supposed to use this for a particular, particular reason. And but if you abuse the rule, I, I, I think you get called out. 
But if you're just doing one player or two players or whatever, nobody's going to say anything because every team does it. But if you started suspending 15 or 20 players, I think there'd be a problem. Yeah, of course. Of course, they're not going to do that. But I guess no, in, in, no. Jaguard, in Jaguard David's case, they know what they're getting, okay? He'll get he'll get them to the Grey Cup because he goes to the Grey Cup every year. So, yeah. yeah. Now, there is another reason why a player might be suspended is that he comes to training camp out of shape, fat, uh, you know, sort of injury type thing or, you know, whatever, not quite there. They can suspend a player that for that reason as well. Yep, they can. Right, and and I know that that's happened a few times. Yeah, I agree. Right, I think Andrew Harris came to camp one time fat, and he got suspended. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. So flying under the radar with the Hamilton Tiger Cats is Casey Sales, the defensive tackle. I think he's in the shadows behind Jaguar Davis, but you know what? They're, they they have a pot, like you said, they have a very potent defense. So they might be able to win the season just on their defense alone, and any points that they do get is going to be better than what they give up. Uh, right, and of course, another, and of course, in the East, you only have to win eight games to make the playoffs, if that. So right, yeah. Okay, another Eastern team is the Montreal Alouettes. They're big. Uh, off-season storyline is a stable future. They got a new owner. Uh, this is good. This is a very positive thing with Quebec businessman Pierre Carl Bellado, uh, who acquired the team. And uh, unfortunately, it was a little bit late for free agency, so they didn't really get to keep their best players, and they didn't really get to go out and grab some good ones. Uh, new face on the team is. Uh, Cody Fajardo, uh, they, they have Jason Moss as their head coach. Is that correct? That I is guess correct. it is. Well, that's that. That might be a scary thing. We'll see what happens. Yeah, um, I do believe that. I do believe that once upon a time, somebody on this show actually said that Cody Fajardo was the greatest quarterback in in the CFL. So they signed a good one, I guess. I, I was it really on this show? Yeah, I think it was. Well, we know it was Phil Miller, yeah. But I don't know if he was. It was actually on the show, or or was it just in our in a comment somewhere, and we just ran with it. No, 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 no. Um, no. He was on the sh- he was on the show. I hung up that night and went away. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. I, you know, and Cody Spadiardo, he's saying that last year was not a typical year for him. But if you go back and look at it, 2019 was his not typical year, and that's when he did really well. Every other year, yeah. he's been less less than mediocre. Yes. So I think the norm Indeed. is Cody Fajardo's not very good. Um, um, but we'll see what happens there. Yep, we would tend to agree, but I don't think we're going to be proven wrong, but let's give him a chance to try. You never know. Yeah, of, of, of course. But I Montreal doesn't have... <coughs> The, the marquee, the elite, I mean, they, they do still have William Standback, which is kind of a he, – he's probably the best running back in the CFL right now. Um, 
but there's nothing there that's just lighting the place on fire. I, I'm looking at Montreal at the bottom of the Eastern Division this year. I would agree with that totally. I would and agree with uh, that. I, you know, it's I don't want you know I want some stability in Montreal. I want them to do really well for their new owner. I just don't see it happening this year. Uh, they're behind the eight ball because of free agency and because of the uh, ownership change. But we'll we'll go with that, okay? So the last team in the Eastern Division is the Ottawa Red Blacks. Ottawa Red Blacks have their uh, quarterback back, uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Mazzoli. Uh, from his brutal injury at the hands of that idiot from Saskatchewan last year. Uh, they have a new head coach. They fired Paul Lapolice, and they have Bob Dice. Bob Dice has finally got a uh, full-time head coaching position. It's not interim. He's been intern a couple of three times, and, uh, well, there you go. Uh, they got some big additions, uh, Jovan Santos-Knox, Michael Wakefield, Kareel Brooks, and Shaq Evans. I'm I'm really high on the Ottawa Red Blacks, and I've been saying this for quite some time. And uh, if Jeremiah Mazzoli, if Jeremiah, if Jeremiah Mazzoli can stay healthy through the year, he he's not really known for that. But if he can stay healthy, I think Ottawa is the one that's going to take the Eastern Division. Now, are they going to end up in the Grey Cup? No, but I think they're going to be the top of the Eastern Division. Uh, after that, I don't really know. So my take on the Eastern Division is like this. It's going to be Ottawa, Hamilton, Toronto, Montreal. And I would switch Hamilton and Toronto on the stability of Foley by Mitchell. I, I think I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in Chad Kelly. I don't have a lot of um, experience with him. I don't know whether or not he is just going to come in and light the league on fire. I don't know anything about Chad Kelly. But at this point in time, it's a big unknown everywhere. So it's hard for me to give them a lot of stability under him. But, again, it's hard to give Hamilton stability under Mitchell. So... Uh, I'm going to take it that way. Ottawa, Hamilton, Toronto, Montreal. William, you know, call the Eastern Division for us. I, I, quite, I, I mean, I'm going to still pick Hamilton on top because their defense is going to be killer. Um, regardless yep. if they I, I know. have a work, regardless if they have a working quarterback or not, um, you'll see. I mean, and if Bo gets you six or seven or eight games and he wins five or six, well, hey, who knows? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to agree with you as far as Ottawa goes. I think Ottawa, and I can't believe I'm saying this, out of all the Eastern teams, uh, I think uh, Ottawa has the best one-two quarterback punch in Jeremiah yep. Zoli and Nick, Ar- and Nick Arbuckle and Nick Arbuckle. And I think, yeah, in the long run, Nick Arbuckle will be the guy who's going to take him to the promised land. But I'm going to pick I'm going to pick Ottawa as second overall, and uh, okay. it, it, second in the East. Yeah, second in the East. 
Um, yeah, okay. You and, said, you said uh, overall, which is... I know, but I, we're talking about the East Division. We're talking about the East Division. Okay. So, we are, um, yeah. And Montreal-Toronto is a toss-up. And I, I'm going to have to give it to Montreal because regardless of how poor he is... He's got way more experience than Chad Kelly, and that would be Cody Fajardo. And, you know, what is it going to take to be third in the East? Four wins? Maybe? Okay. Right? I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I'm, I'm gonna, we're going to talk about this for a second. We know what Cody Fajardo is or isn't. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. Coming into last season... I was very high and favorable on, on Nathan Rourke. Nobody else gave him any credit at all. Zero. Zero. He came in and absolutely lit up the league. I'm not saying Chad Kelly is going to do that, but he is not a raw rookie coming out of university like Nathan Rourke was. He has spent some time in NFL camps and sidelines and whatever you want with it. So he has been getting some tutoring and some – higher-end experience, and then coming up yeah, into the CFL, but, but, uh, he's got to have a little bit more, even though it's hidden, he's got to have something more than Cody Fajardo because Cody Fajardo's got fuck all. The only thing Chad Kelly That's is it. trying to do, the only thing Chad Kelly is trying to do is a stepping stone back to the NFL. He's not thinking about the CFL. He's still got the attitude that he's gonna that he's gonna own the CFL. Well, there's lots of guys who've said that and they failed miserably. And yes, I mean he's a, he's a 29-year-old almost rookie, and I don't think he's shit to be honest with you. But we shall see. Okay, I mean the yeah. thing is, if he was if he was that good, how come we didn't see more of him last year? Because everybody's always said McLeod Bethel Thomas isn't that great of a quarterback. Well, every year he's played, he's always been the starter, and not many people replace him. So, you know, let's see what Chad Kelly can do. And I'm just not high on him. I'm going to pick. I'm going to pick Toronto in the bottom of the East, and Montreal is going to be ahead of them. But I mean, like I said. To, be in third place in the East, all you got to do is win four games. Can Montreal win four games? I'm sure they can. Cody Fajardo won yeah. four games last year. Cody Fajardo won four games last year in the West. So, But he beat Eastern Kings. That's true. So okay. let's see what happens. You never know. You never know. It doesn't matter to me because, okay. you know what? So I, I, you're taking I Ham- Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. That's your list, right? Hamilton, Ottawa, Montreal, Toronto. Yes, sir. Okay. And and I flipped the other two. I flipped your first two and I flipped your second two. Yes. Okay. We're good with that. I, I'm happy with that. I'm very comfortable with it. Yeah, me too. Okay, now, I'm good with that, that too. Since I'm at the bottom of the list, I'm going to start there and go back up. The bottom of the list has the BC Lions here. 
Okay, biggest acts, uh, biggest storyline in the off season is Rourke is no more. Well, you know, I, I'm a huge Nathan Rourke fan. I, I think the guy was amazing. He, he broke longstanding uh, CFL records, longstanding Canadian CFL records, and and good for him. And he probably would have broke long-term CFL records too. Um, and, and I think he did a couple, but that's not the point. The point is Nathan Rourke is no longer here. He's no longer part of the discussion. He's not part of the storyline. When Alex Singleton left Calgary, he was gone. It didn't affect Calgary. I mean, Calgary has to soldier on. BC has to soldier on. So why we're even talking about Nathan Rourke, I have no idea. Okay? So, but uh, Pat Steinberg, Steinbeck, whatever his name is, he wants to talk about him. I don't. Uh, so we're going to move on. Um, we've got a uh, solid one-two uh, QB punch with uh, Vernon Adams and Dane Evans in backup with Dominic Davis. Uh, you were talking about the one-two quarterback tandem in Ottawa. I think BC's is better. Am I biased? Yes. But I still, it, as a football um, aficionado, I, I think BC's uh, Vernon Adams Jr. and Dane Evans are, are better better pair than Arbuckle and Mazzoli. Personal opinion. Uh, what else has happened in BC? Sean Lemon is now back in the, the kitten's dressing room, and that's okay. Bola Combo is still there. Uh, Jordan Williams has left. Okay, so uh, and BC just hired some 30-year-old rookie who is six foot eight, 225-pound receiver. And runs a uh, a four five nine. So uh, that that kind of sounds interesting. BC's uh, receiving core has always been very solid, or has been solid for the last few years. So adding a new piece is, is kind of an interesting. Uh, okay, so we're going to go up uh, Edmonton Elks. Uh, Biggest offshore story, biggest offseason story is the next step. Christian, they need to win a game at home. They're going to do that, no problems. They got Eugene Lewis, Tyran Moore, Steve Dunbar Jr., uh, Dylan Mitchell, or Emmanuel Arsenault, and quarterback Taylor Cornelius. Eugene Lewis is arguably the best receiver in the CFL. Emmanuel Arsenault retired three years ago. I don't know why he's still there. Okay. Um, no, he didn't. He's back. He's back now. That's accurate. He, he did retire. He retired as a BC Lion, and then he came back. Chris Jones brought him back. Yeah, he, he, was, he was there last year. Yes, so, he was there last year, yeah. But he retired yeah, three years ago. Yeah, and, then and now he's come back. He, and then he went to the Arena Football League for a year. And then yeah. he comes back to the CFL. So, yeah. And, and good for him. I like Manny. Manny's always, I've been, I'm a Manny fan, and uh, we'll see what happens there. Okay. Um, he's, no, he's no different I, than, a, than a Nick Lewis, okay? Except yeah, he's in way well, better shape than Nick Lewis was. Yeah, he's a he's a much better receiver than Nick Lewis ever was, and a different receiver. 
a different receiver. It was all about Manny's hands and his ability to run routes. Uh, Nick Lewis, it was more about running over or run jumping uh, or hurtling over people. Uh, he, he was just a bull elephant in the china shop, and good for him. I mean, he got the hard yards. But uh, Manny did it more with finesse. Uh, Calgary Stampeders. Calgary Stampeders have their new quarterback, Jake Mayer. He has the reins. Mitchell is gone to Hamilton. Uh, last year, Mayer did not like the league on fire. Uh, you know what? Is he going to be better having being the number one starter? Is he going to be better because he's had a training camp as a starter? Is he going to do anything better? Is it the I, – I can't even say a Jonathan Jennings syndrome here because uh, he didn't – he didn't light the league on fire before he became the starter. He just kind of was there. And we'll see what happens. Trey Roberson is there, still in the back, in a defensive backfield. I don't know. You know, you, you, you're not high on Calgary this year, your home team. But uh, I, I just cannot see them – being as big a slouch as what you think they're going to be, it's gonna it's gonna go the way Jake Mayer goes. If Mayer can come out and play some football, then I think Calgary's gonna be okay. If he just comes out and kind of plays like he did last year, Calgary's in for a long season. And uh, what's the last one? Oh, the last one. Oh no, two more. Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Saskatchewan Rough Riders uh, did a quarterback swap. They brought in Trevor Harris, and they got rid of Cody Fajardo. This was uh, happened with Montreal. Uh, the Riders think that they now have a, a superior and upgraded quarterback. And he may be. But until you fix the coaching staff and the O-line and defense and a couple other things, Saskatchewan is not going to perform at all, at all. So it doesn't matter what receivers or running backs you have in there. If you don't have an O-line to give your, your quarterback some time, Trevor Harris needs it. It's, it's not going to happen. They just didn't fix their O-line. I am not high on Saskatchewan at all. Uh, and the last game, of course, is the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And uh, they're just – they're consistent, okay? Consistent in the fact that their coaching staff is the same, their defense is the same, their offense is the same, their special teams is the same. Nothing really changed over – since 2019. I mean, Willie Jefferson, Nick Gemski, Adam Big Hill, Stanley Bryant, Jackson Jeffcoats, Zach Caleros – uh, the returning was uh, Dalton Schoen and Brady Oliveira. I, I just and and the return of Kenny Lawler. I just don't see. The only thing I see is this team is three years older. And and their players are oldest. You know, I just think they're they're the geriatrics of the CFL at this point in time. Not saying that they're not in shape and they can't play football. I wouldn't mess with Adam Big Hill, but he's got to be coming to the twilight of his career. Stanley Bryant, Jeff, uh, Willie Jefferson, even Zach, Zach Caleros. 
It's hard not to say that. Who do I have in the Western Division? I have Winnipeg, BC, Calgary, Edmonton, Saskatchewan. I have Edmonton making a crossover to the Eastern Division. William, what's your take on any of these storylines? Do you have anything to say on any of these teams? Um, what's your what's no, your list? What's I, your pick? I think I, I I disagree with you. I do think Saskatchewan got better. Their offensive line, they got better. Um, the receivers, they got Saskatchewan better. Saskatchewan did. Yeah. Um, yeah. Quarterback, quarterback. They have a legitimate quarterback for the first time since I can remember. Um, yeah. Uh, you know what, Edmonton, I think Edmonton can only go one way, and that's up, and I think they yeah. will. Um, uh, Calgary, I'm just I'm just not sold on Drake Mayer. And, I mean, I, I've, picked him, I've picked him low in the West, and I'm going to stay with that pick for a while, just in case, because I, I – they will go, well, you know, it's a quarterback-driven league, okay? And he hasn't showed me Correct. enough yet. And I don't think they have a really, really, really strong receiving core. The only name you've ever heard of is probably Reggie Begleton. And everybody else, American-wise, is new. And they got a whole handful of Canadian receivers you've never heard of. So... I'm I'm scared for the offense, to be honest with you. Defense could be pretty interesting. Um, we'll see. But and now the Bombers, I think the Bombers, you know what? The Bombers will be way at, right up there. But what tends to happen sometimes when you get older guys or an older team is yeah, the other guys are fine, but then all of a sudden they have a whole bunch of injuries to these veterans and they yeah. have and they have not got great guys to replace them because these veterans nobody wants to play behind these guys because these guys start all the time. So let's see how deep Winnipeg is. But I, I, I think as far as uh Picking where they land, you got to go right now. you got to go with Winnipeg in first place because they haven't changed, and they still have, in my mind, the best yep. quarterback in the CFL. Um, Correct. Then I'm gonna, and then I'm going to go BC um, until Vernon Adam proves me wrong. Proves me wrong. Okay. Um, and uh, let's see how well they do. Uh then I'm going to go Edmonton. Okay. And I, I'm still ah. Okay, so I'm not going to I'm not going to put Calgary in last place. I'll put them in fourth. So Edmonton. Okay. So sorry, Winnipeg, BC, Edmonton, Calgary, Saskatchewan. That's what I did. Is it? No, I thought no, you no, uh, you had picked, Edmonton uh, you had Edmonton and Calgary flipped. Yeah. I, I had Calgary in third, you've got Calgary in fourth, right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And you never it's, know. It's, Calgary it's very might, interesting. Calgary 
Calgary might get to cross over. Well, you know, there, there's two things that – well, there's three things that a team needs to have successful offense, okay? And if you've got a quarterback that is – and I don't want to use the word suffering, but not playing at a high level, okay, the echelon isn't up there, which Jake Mayer was last year, you need to do two things – or three things to make him look better than he is. One is you need to get a gauntlet of an O-line. You need to get yourself some receiving core who is going to be able to get themselves in the open so that he can throw the ball with the O-line giving him time to be able to throw the ball. And you need a decent running back. So you basically need an entire team in front of him if you're going to have a mediocre quarterback. And not what we're talking about is the 2013 Saskatchewan Rough Riders, okay, where they had Darian Durant, which this mediocre quarterback, but they had a fucking amazing team in front of them. Yeah. So, so you see, do you, do you see Calgary being able to pull that off? You see, okay, so so here's my thing, and you made me think about this. Calgary, Calgary has a really good offensive line. They were the best in the league last year as far as sacks go. I think there's going to be no okay. reason why they can't be the same this year. Okay, okay. they have a fantastic they have a fantastic running back in Kadeem Carey, and I can't remember yeah. the backup guy. I can't remember the backup guy, but he's fantastic too. But my only and, – and the receivers, well, the receivers aren't that great or we don't know about them. Let's see what happens. But the thing that really scares me is Dave Dickinson can't pretend that he – like he will not use a good running game. He just does not do that for some reason. And I personally, personally, I think in the BC playoff loss last year, if they had a ran the yep. ball, that game, that game would have been so much closer. But for some reason, the fucking retard didn't run the ball. And he had the best running back in the CFL back there. And he didn't use him. And that's always been one of my issues with Dave Dickinson. So he, he tries to... I think he, he believes he's smarter than everybody else. And if you watch it, you know what's coming because he's very predictable. Yeah. Okay, so the one thing that we didn't really touch on very much is the a talent or ability of Taylor Cornelius in Edmonton. Yeah. If we're going to question Jake Mayer, we have to question Taylor Cornelius. But I, they, I, very, they very early confirmed him as their starter, and I don't know yeah. how good an I good that was. But well, but they gave him money to be the starter, and I think yes. I, I've I, I've watched that guy. He's an athlete. There's no doubt about it. He's an athlete, and he's a big, tall quarterback. And I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be. He's a black guy. I'm, I'm going to say 100% better than he was last year. 
Okay? So he's going to be 100% I re- better. I really like him. I really do like him. So that's just me. I, I, do, I, know, I do as well. I'm just, I'm just know, saying, you know, know, we've got to throw that out on the table. We haven't really yeah, seen know, much of I know, I know Chris Jones doesn't spend a whole bunch of time evaluating offensive talent, okay? I mean, I think the only reason Chris Jones has an offense is because it's required, okay, to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, so Taylor Cordelius, and don't forget, they still have that uh, that Canadian as their backup, that Trey Ford guy who got hurt two or three games into the season last year because he yes. looked pretty good, yes, too. yes, yes. He looked pretty he good, too. So that's why Edmonton scares me a little bit this year. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. Well, we'll see, we'll see what happens. You've got him in third. I got him in fourth. I, I'm not offended by, you know, I, if, if they push themselves into third place, I, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I, I'm really strong, really big on, on Chris Jones as a quarterback or as a coach in the CFL, and I think he's going to turn that team around this year. It has to. It absolutely has to. You cannot go another season without home wins. You cannot. No. It's just not possible. No, you can't. It's it's. It, it, mind you, it's how not many, probable. How many years did the Cleveland Browns do it? I mean, come on. <laughs> okay. So anything uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah, yeah. Anything's possible. Any, anything's possible, um, but yeah, I don't think it, it's. But yeah, but I, I mean, I could. To be honest with you, if the if the uh, the Dane Evans uh, Cody or Dane Evans and and the Vag, if they're not as good as they should be this year, Edmonton could be right on their heels for second place too. Hundred percent. If their quarterback, if their quarterbacks work out, if their quarterbacks work out, because once again, I still don't think. The Vads has played up to his potential, and we shall see. But he's got he's got great BC. receivers in he's got great receivers in BC. Let's see what happens yeah. when he gets to use them for a whole season. BC's I mean, strong point a, is their defense. Okay, yeah, but it, it really is a, their defense. This is probably the best receiving core that. Uh, he's ever had. So let's see what he can do with it. Yeah. Well, you know, when you've got people like Lucky Whitehead and, uh, and uh, I can't even remember their names, Dominic Rhyme. Uh, there's about a couple of Canadians in there. Uh, when your, your receiving core is that solid and that strong, it, it, it makes quarterbacks look better than they are. Yep, it does. And and you just need it. Yep. You know, we'll see. Yes, it's unfortunate that uh, Brian Burnham retired because he was such an amazing athlete, but he was our number four receiver last year. We had three receivers in the top ten, 3,000-yard receivers, and Brian Burnham wasn't one of them. Great. So, and those three guys are coming back. Yep. No other team had two in the top ten, never mind three. And yes, that had a lot to do with Nathan Rourke, but let's but
but he was only there half the year. Correct. But, I mean, so hey, that's, you know what? That's training camp. That's our, our – Let's face it, the best, thing, the best thing in my mind ever about the CFL is we're sitting here making these picks, and we could be completely wrong because a, a team can come out of nowhere and be good. And that's what you get when you have such it's, a small it's league. It's true. And, yeah. and I don't, I don't want to blow my horn on it, but – I've been pretty fucking accurate in the last five years. Yeah. I... And, 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 and when I've gone against the grain, of when, like, last year everybody was saying Edmonton is going to be the team in the Western Division, BC is going to be in the bottom. And I said, no, Edmonton's in the bottom, BC's in second. But we're and, not going to talk and about that's exa- Actually, we're I said gonna... Saskatchewan was in the bottom. And, and Saskatchewan would have been in the bottom if Edmonton didn't stink as bad as they did. We're not going to talk about who wins the pool every year, are we? No, no, no. You won it the last yeah, year. Last, last two years, years, my friend. Last two years. Last two especially years. When I, and especially I wanted, when I... I wanted a couple of years before I, that, though. Especially when I never picked Saskatchewan or Edmonton. Okay? So, yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Anyway. Okay. So let's Moving move on. on. This was what? number one. Uh, but, well, Charles has got the next one is, is we're going to talk about quarterbacks in the uh, Western Division and quarterbacks in the Eastern Division. But I think we've pretty much just covered that. Yeah. I don't uh, you know, we, anymore. we know who they are. What's that? We know, we know who, who they are. are. We, we know, know who's good. good and, yep. We don't have to. Yeah. So he that this this guy who did who did this article? He does have out of the five quarterbacks in the West Matthew Cause. Uh he has Zach Caleros number one, Vernon Adams number two, uh Taylor Cornelius is in third, uh Trevor Harrison is in fourth, and Jake Mayer is in fifth in the Western For Division. What? As in ranking quarterbacks. What? Hard to argue. How is that possible? No, no, wait a minute. Who did you say? Uh, he went Zach, uh, oh, Vernon, okay. Winnipeg, BC, Edmonton, Saskatchewan, Calgary is the well, way okay. that he put it. And not, not the teams, the quarterbacks. Okay. And and. And the question more was uh, what quarterbacks have the most to prove, right? And yeah. he's saying that uh, Jake Mayer has the most to prove. Well, sure he does. He's got so, the least amount of playing time other than Cornelius. Yeah. Well, I mean, Calgary let Bo Levi Mitchell go and, and kept this guy. So, you know – Okay, now in and, the Eastern the Division. Scariest, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, 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 go ahead. Finish thing, that up before we move the on. Scar- the scariest thing is we will never know for the truth why Calgary got rid of Bo Levi Mitchell. 
Okay. Oh, so we might. So so we might. If, if if Jake Mayer comes out this year and stinks the place out, okay, we'll know it wasn't because Jake Mayer was better. Okay. If Bo Levi no, Mitchell no, I, comes yeah. out. If Bo Levi Mitchell comes out and plays well, but say he hurts his knee or injures a leg, we'll never know why Calgary traded Bo Levi Mitchell because we'll never get to prove the point of, and I've said this on this show numerous times, that his shoulder is pooped. It's it's pooped. Yeah. It's gone. It's gone the way of of BC's next quarterback and his shoulder. He could never come back Lule. from that shoulder injury. Right? Travis Lule. Yeah, no, he could agreed. never come back. So, and I think no, but he, he went out and, and like re-injured it. He kept going out there and he playing, so. yeah. you know, smashed most football, and to his detriment, right? Where Mitchell, I don't think would ever do that. I don't think Mitchell's going to throw his body on the line because of an interception that he threw. He's going to say, "Oh well, shit happens," and go back no, to the sidelines, right? He's not going to he's not going to throw his body in in trying to stop a, a touchdown. It's not no, him. It's not his people, character. Most people, most people don't realize how important a shoulder injury is to your throwing motion. Okay. Oh. And and even if you recover from it, you probably end up throwing differently. And so 100%. I, I'm still convinced. I'm still convinced his shoulder might be sixty percent. And if he gets yeah. hit on it or throws too much, I think he's fucked. Okay, so now Matthew Cause in the Eastern Division has lowest to highest of must-prove meter, okay? He's got the lowest, the quarterback that does not need to prove anything as Bo Levi Mitchell. And honestly, I think that this 33-year-old quarterback has the most to prove. He needs to prove that his shoulder is good. He needs to prove that Calgary shouldn't have let him go. He needs to prove that he can actually function on another team besides Calgary. He has to prove more than anybody out there of whether or not he's a, he's a quality quarterback. You know, so, and, and it's funny, it's funny you go, if you go back to 2016, I mean, I didn't, I didn't do it outwardly, and nobody knew this about me. But I was ecstatic that uh, that uh, oh my god, smiling Hank came out and won the won the Grey Cup, okay? Because I was pretty pissed off that Calgary got rid of Henry Burris, okay? But they did anyways. Yeah. And uh, he still came back and won a Grey Cup. And you know what? If Bo Levi Mitchell does that this year, I'd be happy for the guy. And so would I. I. I would eat a lot of crow. 100% I would be eating crow for a long time. And I'd be happy to yeah. do it. Yeah. Okay. Prove me wrong. Because you know that. what? If he can actually go out there and – now, we've just said that Hamilton has absolutely stacked the team. <laughs> and, and, and that may be so. He might have just put himself in a wonderful situation to win a Grey Cup. So I don't but, know. We'll see what but, happens. But you, but you still, 
but you still, I don't care how good your offense is, you still have to throw the ball with velocity. Okay? So let's oh, yeah. see. Let's see if he can do it. Okay? And I, yeah. I'm, I'm very confident that I'm right, but I'd love it if he proved me wrong. Yeah. Okay. So next on the I don't have to prove anything list is Jeremiah Mazzoli. Fuck, he's got to prove uh, everything. Well, I mean, which quarterback doesn't? Well, Zach Polaris so, doesn't have a lot Which quarterback in the CFL right now does has nothing to prove? Zach Polaris. Zach Polaris. That's it. Yeah. That's about it. Okay. So, yes, um, Jeremiah Mazzoli has a lot to prove, but he has proved a lot in the past. He really has to just stay healthy. Yeah, he can but stay I, healthy. I, then, then. I personally think he hasn't proved anything. I think he's won one playoff game in his in his existence, if that. Well, and didn't he, he take, his, take Hamilton to back-to-back Grey Cups? No, he did not. Dane Evans was the quarterback. He did? <laughs> Dane Evans what? was the quarterback. Dane Evans was the quarterback for both of those. In the Grey Cup? Yeah. But who got him there? Oh, no, he was injured long before that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I... I, um, I I'm just saying that, you know, the Eastern Division is a mess. Uh, and Jeremiah Mazzoli is better than the rest, in my opinion. Um, uh, yeah, I, 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 sorry, I just, I just, I've never liked the guy. I've never thought he was very good. And... I ain't going to stick to that for forever. Okay. Okay. Will, I'm going to make you a general manager of my new football team, okay? Yeah. I'm going to give you a choice. Who do you want for quarterback? Jeremiah Mazzoli, Cody Fajardo, or Chad Kelly? Marcus Crandall. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Okay, so no, I I I would think, uh, yeah. Seriously, I'm, I'm out of those three, you. who would you take? You'd have to take Jeremiah Mazzoli on experience alone. Uh, I wouldn't though. Well, you can't take Cody Fajardo. No, I wouldn't take Cody Fajardo for sure. Right, and Chad Kelly is this really big fucking question mark, being a thirty-year-old rookie. Who doesn't really have his head in the in the league, as you said before? Yeah, it's more about him than okay. it is the team. So, so you were asking, just so you know, okay? So, in 2019, Cody Fajardo, not Cody Fajardo, Jeremiah Mazzoli only played six games. So, Dane Evans took yeah. him to the Grey Cup. Um, in 2021, he only played 12 games. Dane Evans took him to the Grey Cup. Okay? In 2022, he only played four games. So, you know what? I think he's got something to prove. 
he's got to prove that he can play an entire season. Well, that's the first thing I said about him. Yeah, he hasn't done it for a long time. So no, and he has to prove that he can stay healthy through a season. That yeah. that's his big big stumbling block right now. Yeah. Okay, so going down this list, the guy has Chad Kelly in third spot and the most approved. No, sorry, Chad Kelly's in fourth, the most approved. And Cody Fajardo is in third there. Cody Fajardo is a is a nine out of nine and a half out of ten. Wait, what's going on here? No, 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 no. My mistake. It is Chad Kelly and then Cody. And and I just I I don't like the arrogant attitude of Cody Fajardo, uh, of and and how he's mounting off about how awesome and wonderful he is. You have to fucking prove that. I don't like Cody Fajardo. He's, uh, I personally think he's classless. Even last year when when Saskatchewan, he could have taken a big lesson from Bo Levi Mitchell. When they benched Cody Fajardo the last two games of the year, he kept on slapping his lips. At the end of the season, he said all kinds of shit. You didn't hear a thing from Bo Levi. No, no, and, and, I, I know. And Bo Levi is a two-time Grey Cup champion, okay? He's got lots to back himself up, and you didn't hear a word from him. I just, I, I personally, I don't like Cody Fajardo. I think he's, I think he's, I think he's uh, way, over, way overrated in his mind, Okay. And I still don't I think, think the word you're learned, looking for is pompous. I I don't think he's learned how to. He still his first reaction is to run away. He hasn't learned how to throw downfield, and therefore he's no. not going to be a good quarterback in the CFL ever. I don't think he's got the arm to go deep. Well, and don't tell me. You see, here's the thing that really gets me, is. I mean, he was in D.C., okay, as a backup, and they didn't sign him the next year. So, to me, that means he showed nothing. And then he went to Saskatchewan, and he still could not beat out Zach Kolaris. The only reason he got in was Zach Kolaris got hurt on the third play of the first game of the season. And then Cody was the starter after that. So... But you know, that was also a Chris Jones stacked team, right? True that. And and my question is, if they had had a healthy Zach Kolaris, would they have been way better than they were? So I don't know. Yeah. No, I don't think Cody Cadero is a good quarterback. I mean, if well, you can ask me the question. If I had a choice between Cody Vajardo and, and Jeremiah Mazzoli as starting quarterback, I would take Mazzoli any day of the year because I still don't think he knows how to throw downfield, but he's a better runner than Fajardo uh, is. Yeah, he's got more of a football mind, in my opinion. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. That's, and, and that's what I said. Jeremiah Mazzoli has far more experience than the other two combined. Uh-huh. 
Okay. What has he got here? We're just going on Charles' agenda, and a lot of it is things that we've already talked about, but uh, let's see what's going on. Uh, it says we, positions. We can, uh, what is this? Tend, you know what? We tend to have conversations and cover everything that is in his agenda, so especially Yeah, we, we do, but, you know, we just I just go back to make sure that we don't miss something here. Uh, Marshall Ferguson yeah, yeah. did an article for CFL.ca called Training Camp Battles to Watch. And these are key positions that each team has to pay attention to. Uh, BC Lions, it's the running back. James Butler left for, I believe, Hamilton. Uh, And uh, that is definitely something that they have to take a look at. Uh, They need a running game. Uh, One of the most important parts of the game, uh, uh, Vernon Adams is going to need a running back. If you don't run the ball, then you don't you can't pass the ball, and that's just a fact, right? I mean, yep. unless you're Nathan Rourke or Doug Flutie or somebody like that, you you literally have to throw you have to run the ball to throw the ball. Yep. Okay, uh, Edmonton National linebacker is a position in which you have to watch. Uh, Chris Jones is uh, really good at his defenses, and they have. Uh, Michael Brogute, uh from the Montreal Carabines. Uh Adam Konar's in there. Kevin Francis. It's definitely a, a, a interesting position to watch. I, I just I love watching a Chris Jones defense. It's just it's literally how defenses should be run. Uh, over to Calgary, the Philpots. Philpots fill in. Uh, okay, and here's something. Did you here's did you lose? Yeah. No, nope, go here's ahead. Here's something. Here's something about uh, Jalen Philpot that I heard this week. Okay. So, um, he is out. He's out for the season. Okay. He's out he for had the season. A, yes, sir. He had a hamstring injury in training, and and. And it's apparently it's very serious, and they don't know if he'll ever play football again. Apparently, okay. Apparently, he ripped his hamstring right off the bone. Oh my God! And you know how you know what hamstring injuries are like. Okay, and, yeah. and there's yeah, also yeah. there's also a rumor around that he did this quite a long time ago. But the Stampeders didn't let it get out because they didn't want people to have to to pick certain Canadian receivers in the CFL draft once they knew that that Jalen Philpot was out for the season. That's why they didn't announce it till a week ago. But apparently, it's quite a that's, serious injury. That's why they went after so many Canadian receivers. Yes, sir. Apparently, it's quite a serious injury, and apparently his career might be over, which is too bad. It is very too bad. Very too bad. Although you were never a big fan of Jalen. Uh, you said he was lazy, no, didn't participate he in was, practices and stuff was, like that. He was, he was injured so much last year, it wasn't funny. Like, yeah. and, I, and I compared him to his brother, 
who was all over the place in Montreal. And oh, when yeah. he was on the when he was on the field, he was good. But I I just didn't it, he didn't strike me as having that that I I don't want to say I don't want to say snowflake, but hey, I'll use the word that whole generation that's coming out. I just didn't think he was that tough. And even even yeah. Dave Dickinson made reference to it throughout the whole season but he couldn't really say anything because this guy was his first overall pick. And you oh, yeah. got to play your first you got to play your first overall pick or you look like a dummy. Yeah. Well, so, you don't necessarily look like a dummy. It just makes it look like your pick was a bust. Yeah. It's the fact of the matter, right? Yeah. So Okay, okay. Mo- moving on, Saskatchewan in their offensive guard position. Uh, I don't know anybody here in this entire conversation, so um, it's hard for me to talk about it. I, I, I don't believe that the offensive guard is any more important to them right now than the offensive tackles because uh, they just they need – their entire O line needs to get up and perform properly, and I don't yeah, believe don't that they really have been. They got, they got, they did get Peter Go, Peter Goldberg from BC, and he was pretty good last year. Okay, they got Peter Gobber in from BC because Peter Gobber was released from BC. Well, we didn't no. offer him a contract because we had somebody better. Because they, you know, because they signed what's his name. Who's the guy from uh, Who's the guy Winnipeg. we signed? From Winnipeg, right? So, but Peter Gobert, right. he did start for, but he did start for BC last year, and BC was was second in the West last year. So he probably he did a pretty good job. Okay, so I think they've upgraded their O line for sure. Not sure it could have got much worse, but yes. So, there you go. Um, I just, you know, to me, free agency, short of the first five or six players that that move around, everybody else is just trading their warm garbage. Yeah, I agree. I think Peter Gobber was a weak point on the BC Lions last year. BC didn't want to re-sign him this year because of that. They they needed a, a better centerman, and they went out and got a better centerman. How do you expect to be better than BC by picking up the players that aren't good enough to be in BC? And this is a Saskatchewan thing. They always pick players from Calgary or from BC or from Winnipeg who aren't good enough for those teams, and then they put, assemble a team of all these misfits and expect to compete against the, the Western teams, and they can't. And they never have been. But it, it's historical. Saskatchewan just does it. They just pick up everybody's garbage. And, and you know, and some people can take a pile of garbage and turn it into a, 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 a winning football team. Craig Dickinson is not one of those people. So, you know, you're saying that they strengthened their own line, and they may have done that, but they didn't 
strengthen it with a rock, you know? Yeah, but you see, I, I, I think differently than you do, and maybe it's because of who I am. Um, I, I believe that offensive line is a team sport, okay? And I believe that you're only a good, as good as the whole five guys on the offensive line. And, and some guy, one guy who is not as strong as you think he is can be stronger when he's surrounded by better guys. And I know that Saskatchewan has brought in a number of American offensive linemen this year. I, I've all the, it's, it's funny. I, I probably know more about Saskatchewan this year than I've ever known in my life because I hate to say it, I'm addicted to that sports radio show that's on in Saskatchewan every afternoon. And I listen to it every single afternoon. And I, 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 I know all kinds of things about the writers now. And I know they've brought in some pretty, pretty good guys on, on the offensive line. So let's see. Let's see. I mean, and your offensive line will get better with a guy like Trevor Harris who gets rid of the ball faster. Okay? I mean, I personally believe that Trevor Harris is way, way smarter than Cody Fajardo ever was. And his quick release makes their offensive line better. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. I I'll agree with you that Saskatchewan made their O line better than their O line was last year. Let's put it this way: it couldn't have got any worse than it was last year. It was horrible. No, and that's what I but, mean. But Saskatchewan I, made their O line better than it was last year. Did they Saskatchewan make their O line better than Edmonton, BC, Winnipeg, or Calgary? I don't think they I don't did. Know. But one of the things also, what I just said about Trevor Harris making their offensive line better, I think, I don't think Saskatchewan's O-line was that bad last year. I think Cody Fajardo made them worse because you didn't know what the fucking guy was going to do half the time. And it's really hard to block for a guy when he's all over the field. Yeah, Just there's a, a a lot of merit to that argument. You know, so okay. I mean, heading. Go ahead. No, I was going to say heading over to Winnipeg, but if you want to finish up with Saskatchewan, no, go no, ahead. I'm 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 good, and I'm shocked and surprised that Winnipeg didn't throw a whole bunch of money at uh, the guy who went to BC as their center because. According to this article that we're reading right now, Winnipeg has got no set guy for center this year. So no, they got nobody for center. They got no nobody set. There, it's a competition apparently. So I, I I think they couldn't hold on to Couture because they've spent money fucking everywhere. So and I don't think they can afford them. Nope. So, there you go. I mean, because really... And I think is, that's, that's is, a big thing. Is he from is he from BC? Michael Couture? Michael Couture? 
Yeah. I, I is believe that he is. why he went there? Because I'm I wondering so. why would a guy why would a guy leave a team that he went to the Grey Cup with three three times in a row? I.e., it's either well, it's probably a combination. It was probably more money, and he got to play in BC, which is where he's from. Uh, maybe. Michael uh, Couture's birthplace is Burnaby. There you go. That's why. And he, and he played why. for the clan. Okay. So that explains a lot. It does. Absolutely it does. Now, he was injured last year, substantially. And, uh, for a while. You know, maybe... Maybe Winnipeg just didn't want to take a chance with him again. And I could be saying the same thing right now with BC. What I'm saying against Saskatchewan is we picked up somebody that Winnipeg didn't want anymore. But I don't believe that's the case. I think Winnipeg did want him. I know that the couple of bombers that I was talking to were very disappointed that he he left. So, you know, it did. I, I think it's kind of important. He's an important piece to the BC lineup, and I think he's missed in it in Winnipeg. And that, to me, is what free agency is for. You see, all it's it's funny. I mean, because we can take this this BC, or this Winnipeg uh, center thing back. Okay, so I I believe, and and I'm sure that. Uh, Rudy 2.0 would argue with me, but I don't care. I believe that when Andrew Harris left Winnipeg, their running game was not is not as strong as it was. Okay, I know this. They say this Olivier guy is just as good, but he's not even he's not Andrew Harris. I'm sorry. Okay, Andrew Harris, despite me not liking him, was a dynamic running back. Okay. Of course he was. You take Andrew Harris out of that that equation, they get a little little worse. And then you take their starting center out of that offensive line, and once again, it takes time to get a guy in there. Your offensive line and your running game gets a little worse. Okay? And when you don't have those things to back – when you don't have those things to back up to – you have to rely more on your receiving core. And let's face it, Winnipeg has got a fucking scary receiving core this year. But you can concentrate more on the receivers if you don't have to worry about the running game. So I, I think you take little bits and pieces, and I'm still picking Winnipeg as number one, but I still don't think they're as strong. And because of losing their starting center. So we have Edmonton. You you believe Edmonton is going to take go for a run at BC for second place yes. in the West? Yes. We, we have just nailed a few reasons why BC should be able to go take a run at Winnipeg for first in the West. Do you believe that if BC and Edmonton have, both have strong seasons, that Winnipeg is going to fall to third? No. No, I don't. But it was a question. But, I don't believe it. But, but, yeah, it makes if if 
Edmonton and BC are stronger, it makes Winnipeg more vulnerable in a playoff game. Because you're talking about... But that's really the only game that matters. One game that matters. That's it. Okay? And trust me, I know being in first place doesn't make a fucking shitload of difference because I've lived in Calgary for 33 years. Okay? And I've been disappointed too many times. So, but yeah, it just makes everybody get stronger, okay? And on any given day, and we saw it last year in the Grey Cup. Let's face it. We did. So, and like I said, a couple of key injuries. I mean, you think about it. If you think about it, think about Winnipeg's offensive line and how old they are. And if you get, okay, so you lose your starting center, if you get one big injury out of that offensive line of the season, it's harder and harder to deal with all the time. So, oh, yeah. But that the same can and be said for Stanley every other Bryant team. Stanley Bryant is in there. I think he's a grandfather. Yeah, well, he's not. I don't know if he's a grandfather, but Stanley Bryant doesn't miss games. Okay? He's, he's I don't know, maybe... Maybe he eats his Wheaties or something. I don't know. Uh, well, and, and you're right, but, you know, in the same hand, players that don't miss games by the end of the season are beat up and wore out. Well, and... and especially linemen. Especially linemen. There were some times last year where people went by him like he was a sofa. Okay? Like he didn't move. Yeah. So... Um, that doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen again this year because the guy, that guy has been consistent forever. So, you know, I mean, there's no doubt about it. He's, uh, He's a good player. So. Okay. Next up on the agenda... Ottawa Red Blacks re- released veteran strong side linebacker Patrick Levels. Okay, just three days into training camp. This, did, did this send a message? No doubt. But why? Nobody really came out and said why. So I, I was going to mention, sorry, I just want to finish with Stanley Bryant here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Last last eight seasons, he has missed two games in eight yeah. seasons. That's pretty impressive. Very so, impressive. And how old is he? So now he's uh, how old is Stanley? Thirty-four. Stanley was was 36? born. He's thirty-seven. He's thirty-seven. He's thirty-seven years old. Yes, sir. I mean, at 37 years old, is he going to go out and, and run the 40 and 4.3? No, he's not. But he doesn't have to. Okay? I think as an offensive lineman, experience and, and, and ability. And don't forget, he was the at, – so at 36 years old, he was the outstanding offensive lineman in the CFL last year. 
So, yep. Anyways, go ahead. But father time yeah. waits for no one. That's true. I agree. I agree. Pat, let's talk about Patrick Levels because I want to talk about Patrick Levels. <coughs> okay. You talk about Patrick Levels. You bring it well, on. I don't. I don't know why they cut him, but I can take a pretty good guess at why they cut him. And I think it's the same reason the Stampeders never kept him around. And I don't think, number one, I don't think he was good enough to play in the Stampeders system. Number two, I think he was not the kind of player that's Calgary Stampeder, i.e., he had a big mouth, and he caused problems. It's that simple. Yeah. And if you want to, if you want to just, just take a opposite picture of that, I've been reading stuff uh, this past week about Mika Awe in Calgary, and Dave Dickinson yeah. is, Dave Dickinson is so impressed with the guy, and he says he's a leader and he's a team player. Maybe he's gotten more mature from his days in D.C., I was really big on him. I thought he was an amazing, amazing player, defensive player when he was in D.C. But he took some uh-huh. stupid penalty at the most inopportune yep. time for very yep. selfish reasons. Mm-hmm. And, and if, and, but I, th- th- that doesn't mean that I was willing to give up on him. Wally Buono well, gave, gave up on him. Yep. But I wouldn't have. He was, he was too right. amazing of a player. You, you, you have to train him, and I mean, as a, as a coach's job is is to get rid of those bad habits and and bring the good out in him. And uh, I, it doesn't matter where he was in the in this league. I always thought he was a, one of the most amazing D linemen out there. Linebacker. Linebacker. Sorry, my bad. And I I knew that as yeah, soon as no. I said it. So so he is in he is in the heat of the battle for Stampeder's middle linebacker job right now. So Yeah. And he'll win it. Well, they got some pretty he, good guys. He, 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 he's gonna fight for it. Yeah. Okay. So moving on. We we're we're actually I'm I'm not gonna say we're running out of time, but we're, the show is very well. Um Montreal Alouette's quarterback Cody Fajardo looking to prove all the haters wrong after a down yeah, year with the Riders. Well, we already proved that that's not we. It's not a down year with the Riders. That was a typical year with the Riders, and he just had an up year. So we're not even going to go back and talk to Cody Fajardo because it's not worth it. I'm just going, making sure that we're we're touching all of the points on our agenda, and we're just going to move on. CFL introduces new safety measures. But, Head contact. Prepare for medical emergencies. Okay? Did you see what they did? Do you remember mm-hmm. Kazoo from the Flintstones? Hey, Chris, for those, those, those things have been around the NFL for five or six years now. So everybody's wearing them. <laughs> everybody's wearing them. They're special. On purpose? They're special. They're called guardian caps. Yes, they are. 
and they're being worn by running backs, offensive linemen, defensive linemen, and linebackers during training camp. They are absolutely fucking ugly. Oh, so um, one of the things here is that once the season starts, all teams will have collapsible tents on the sidelines for medical assessment. The tents create a distraction-free environment to help those performing the examinations while also providing privacy for the players. These tents will be visible on both benches at each game and will only be raised when needed. So they're not going to be a distraction of the entire game. They're only going to be up when there is a medical problem. Uh, interesting. Interesting. It's going to piss off a few people on well. the front end. Yeah, NFL has been those for five years as well. So, Okay. See, I find it new because I've never seen – I don't watch – follow any part of the NFL, so I really don't. Right. Don't see right. any of this. Right. So, okay. Uh, it's talking about the CFL being involved in several ongoing and upcoming scientific research studies with Dahousie University, Concordia, McGill, uh, U of M, uh, University of Alberta, Victoria, University of BC, these studies cover the effective use of various equipment and technologies in the prevention and rehabilitation of injury, injury surveillance, and correlation analysis with performance optimization. Those were pretty big words. Mm-hmm. Okay. Our players are the greatest ambassadors both on and off the field says our commissioner, Randy Ambrosi, in a statement, we must continue to explore new equipment, technology, and best practices to help ensure they are physically and emotionally able to have long and successful careers. Well, don't serve them any Bud Light. And don't make them play in Halifax. Yeah, don't make them play in Halifax. It's likely that a number of these changes were made following the incident that took place in the NFL this past season when Buffalo Bills defensive back DeMar Hamlin collapsed in a game against the Cincinnati Bagels. He suffered an episode of commodal cordis, which allows the cardiac rhythm to disrupt by a strike to the chest. We saw that. They, they like had to do the CPR and the defibrillator on them on the field. That's why they need these collapsible tents. Yeah. Okay, so uh, let's just jump off the uh, agenda here for a second. I just found something here that I like. Uh, CFL Genius Sports unveils a new live stats system tailored for betting data. CFL Live Stats, it's called, will provide live play-by-play data and post-game statistics when enabling a sharing of betting data, uh, as well as teams, players, game data. The lowest latency data will be made available to authenticate CFL partners for media and broadcast purposes. Well, this is pretty cool. I'm liking it. Not so much because I bet, because I don't gamble on, on sporting events, but uh, 
Uh, that's pretty cool. Okay, jumping over to the Thai Cats and our favorite BLM. He calls Simone Lawrence an amazing teammate and praises Hamilton's team culture. Now, this is kind of it, it. You know, what through did did anything throw you on that statement? I'm I'm in the middle Does of reading this. Anything seems odd or weird to you? I, I I'm in the middle of this whole thing. I'm reading a whole article right now. The fucking guy is a beast. He's such a piece of shit. Holy fuck. Of course, Mitchell of course, or Simone Lawrence? No, Mitchell. Of course you're going to praise the team. They gave you a three-year contract that probably has extended your, your, your career three years longer than it should be extended, okay? Oh, my God, because he, right. he always talked about the culture in Calgary being fantastic. And then all of a sudden he goes to Hamilton and, oh, my God, their culture is way better. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Fuck off. Anyways, what a whore. Right. That's, that's kind of what I saw there. I said, yeah. you know what? what and Calgary horror. has proved they have an amazing culture. Oh, yeah, oh, and oh. everybody CFL, still says it. CFL power rankings. Are you ready for power rankings? Oh, sure. Where are they? Yeah, look at this. CFL okay. power Okay, here we go. Three down nation, CFL power rankings. Oh, These are just better. three down nation. It, it, it's yeah. a staff. It's not even, nobody's even willing to put their name on it. It's just three down staff. Power rankings. In first place, Winnipeg Blue Bombers. No surprise there. With the addition of Kenny Lawler and a kicker, Sergio Castillo. And a kicker. Number and a kicker. It doesn't matter. A kicker. A kicker. Number two. Number two. Who do you think they've got in number two? Toronto. Are you kidding me? Are you watching? You're reading the article. Yes, they got they got Toronto in second place, and here's the here's the hilarious one. They got Hamilton in third. So what you're uh-huh. trying to tell me here is two out of the three best teams in the CFL are Eastern teams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I'd have an Eastern team above fifth place, but that's just me. And I'm probably more realistic. Uh, okay, in uh, fourth place, they have the Calgary Stampeders. Fifth place, they have BC Lions. Sixth place is Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Seventh is Ottawa. Eighth is the Elks. And in ninth is Montreal. Yeah, okay. I do do like this though. They they've got they've got a a picture of for Montreal they got a picture of Cody Fajardo <laughs> laying on the ground, right? He just got pummeled his ass into the ground and that's the picture they used for him. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I love through donation. How could they fucking do this? I mean, seriously. 
Toronto's in two, Hamilton's in three. Calgary's in four. Yeah. I might agree with Calgary being in fourth. I just don't think the other two would be up there. Well, I don't. I don't necessarily disagree with, and and I. I don't know how often they play each other, but I I think if Hamilton is as good as I think they're going to be, I think they could they could they could push for first overall in the CFL this year. I really believe that. So, who's that? Hamilton. Hamilton could push for the first overall in the CFL. Yep. I think they could. You know, the other thing, the other, and I keep on, you see, one of the things I haven't mentioned, and I keep on talking about all the great players that they've signed in the offseason. Okay, but once again, and I keep on forgetting this, we got to figure out how well these guys gel together, too. Okay, because just because you got good players doesn't mean you're going to have a good team. Well, and that's all you never last know. Year. Right, you never know what kind of. I mean, Ottawa signed all kinds of guys last year, and they sucked. So yeah. you never know what happens, what's going to happen in the locker room. So, but I mean, I look at what Hamilton has for players, and there's a lot of leaders in there. So we shall see. But one of the things I, I, and you may disagree with me. But whatever, I do believe that Calgary had a better coaching staff than Hamilton's ever had. Okay? So, right now? I, that, yes, right now. Right, well, I, I don't uh, believe so. You know what? Well, I, I think uh, Dave Dickinson is hands above Orlando Steinhauer. Sorry. In my mind, I think uh, Brent Munson is is a way better defensive coach than than the guy from BC that's in Hamilton now. What's his name? I can't remember. He's Mike Benavides. No, no, no. That's not Hamilton's. The, the he's in Ottawa. XBC XBC defensive uh, coordinator. Oh, Mark Washington. Mark Washington. Thank you. Yeah, he's their defensive coordinator. Okay. okay, so I, I but, like Mark, but yeah, but who knows? But yeah, it's just it's it's all up in the air. I mean, we'll see. And and this whole I hate to say this, and once again, it puts him. Maybe that's why he went to Hamilton. It puts him in the center. Hamilton will be as good as Bo Levi Mitchell is. Correct. So, We'll see if that's good or bad. Yeah, 100% agree with that. We shall see. Once again, it's going to be an interesting season. It's going to be a very interesting season. Now, we're talking about what we believe is going to happen at the end of the 2023 season. Um, and, And this is what's happening at the beginning of the 2023 season. Yep. 
do you, do you believe that there's that significant of a swing or do you, that the teams at this point in time are just not looking that strong? Mm. No, right now, if I had to guess, if you had to guess and you look at it on paper, in my mind, Hamilton and Winnipeg will be in the Grey Cup again. I wouldn't bet against that. No, no, not at all. Not at all. But once again, it's a long season. And, and, you know, out of, okay, so out of, out of all these teams and, and, you know, I'm not very high on Calgary, but out of all these teams, say, Say Jake Mayer actually is a pretty good quarterback and comes out of nowhere, and you get a couple of Calgary happens to bring in a couple of receivers that nobody's ever heard of, which they've done before. You never know; they could be challenging for first place in the West. Yeah, you just never know, man. Okay. No, 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 no. Everything is up in the air. Yeah. And it, it, one simple injury can take – what happens right now is Zach Caleros goes down to Winnipeg. Goes down in Winnipeg? We, if if Zach no, Caleros is injured, oh, they're for, what happens to Winnipeg? They're fucked. They better, they better get on – they better get on the horn – and trade for for uh, Evans in BC or Arbuckle in Ottawa or somebody like that, or they're fucked. They don't have a backup quarterback. They never have. Might as well put their kicker in as backup quarterback because they're fucked. But that could be said for every team in the CFL. Yes. With the exception, in my mind, with the exception of Ottawa, with the exception of BC, because they got competent backups. Edmonton, I think, has a competent backup. Calgary, I, I, the, 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 it's out on the competent backup in Calgary. They got that guy who can run, but I'm not crazy about running quarterbacks. So, well, not if it's a run first. No, no. So it's uh, like I said, that's that's the best thing about any football season is there's all these questions, and you go through the whole season, and eventually these questions get answered, and and the whole the whole puzzle comes together. That's why I mean that's why I love that's why I love football. It's like that. It's fantastic. Okay, it's it's fantastic. It really is. It just it just comes together and 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 at the end of the year when it's all over and you look at the season and you think about what happened with teams and how this worked and how that unfolded, impossible to predict. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. And uh I'm just flipping over to uh uh the schedule for twenty twenty three and we've got uh, about ten minutes left in the show here. 
And I want to do something different because we're kind of run out of things on the schedule. There's a couple of repeat things or the agenda. So I want to go over some of the, the key matchups this year. Um, in week one, okay, we have BC, Calgary, Hamilton, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal, Saskatchewan, Edmonton. What do you think is a key game in week one? I don't, I don't know if there is key games in week one. Because in reality, oh, yeah, is, there is. What were the games? Once again, the biggest matchup here is BC, Calgary, Hamilton, Winnipeg, Ottawa, Montreal, Saskatchewan, Edmonton. Hamilton, Winnipeg. 100%. I think, I think preview for the Grey Cup. Yeah. Who's, well, who's going who's, who's to be the big boy? Yeah. And all I can uh, say. All I can say is Winnipeg, or sorry, is uh, Hamilton better have that O-line down to science because Winnipeg will fucking come after Bo Levi Mitchell big time. Oh, yes. Okay, week one also has a something big. They have the Saskatchewan Rough Riders into Edmonton to play the Elks. Is this where Edmonton gets their first home win? Could very easily be, and that you know what? If you look at okay. it, that is a, that is a big game too. That that sets the tempo for the season. For those two, definitely. You know what I mean? Because that's who they're going to be mostly battling. Yeah, Saskatchewan so. gets that monkey off, or sorry, Edmonton gets that monkey off their back, gets the win at home, puts Saskatchewan in their rearview mirror, and and keeps them there for the rest of the season. And, I mean, first game of the year, BC-Calgary, that's always been a good matchup. Historically, that's it's always, always been a good, good matchup. That's a, that's, good, that's a great game, whether it's week one, week 10, or week 21. I, I love sure. BC-Calgary matchups. Yeah. Me but too. I think there's more important games this week. Yeah, I do, than too. that, okay? I do, too. Those, now, week two teams. has got nothing. Week two is an absolutely nothing week. It's got Calgary, Ottawa, nothing. doesn't mean anything. Winnipeg, Saskatchewan. Edmonton and BC. That might be an okay game. Hamilton and Toronto. That would probably be the big game for that week. Uh, week three, the big test for BC at Winnipeg. Montreal and Hamilton, that's a nothing game. Saskatchewan at Calgary should be a nothing game. And Toronto into Edmonton for another Edmonton home game. Okay, week one, Saskatchewan is in Edmonton. Saskatchewan's at Winnipeg's in Saskatchewan. Uh, Saskatchewan's in Calgary. Okay, Saskatchewan's now 0-3. Going into week five. Could be. Uh, week four has got Edmonton, Ottawa, nothing. Winnipeg, Montreal, nothing. Big game there would be BC, Toronto. We're going to find what Chad Kelly's got made of there. Week five, nothing. we got Edmonton into Saskatchewan here. We've got Edmonton again playing the Rough Riders. A big game for Calgary and Winnipeg. Ottawa and Hamilton. 
Montreal into BC. Week five, we got Hamilton and Edmonton. Nah. Uh, Toronto and Montreal, Winnipeg and Ottawa, Calgary in Saskatchewan. So, so Saskatchewan starts the season 0 and 5. Do you think the, they're looking that think, way? Do you think the coaching staff will last that long? Yes. Yeah. Okay. My answer being is, if they could afford to fire their coaching staff, they would be gone. They're not here on a short leash because. They're questionable on their abilities. They're fucked. They, they are useless, okay? Saskatchewan only kept them because they can't afford to, to let them go. The salary management cap does not allow them to replace them. I think they're riding it out for the season. They're I'm riding it out on the season. This is a throwaway season for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, and what, where the, the cards are going to fall where they fall. I don't right. think that they can fire Craig Dickinson because I don't think they can find a replacement for him. Unless they just fire him and move somebody up in staff. Right? And, and just, they have an intern coach for the year. But they don't have anybody right now they can move up. So. No. No, they got rid of Jason Moss, who That's ended right. up being the head coach in Montreal. Right. Right. And how many people did they, they ask and, 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 and they declined interviewing for the offensive coordinator position? They'll never Adam? tell you that. They'll never tell you that. Oh, no, they did. They were asking everybody around the league, and there was, it was coming back as, no, they've declined the interview. They declined the interview. It's, it went around. There was got to be a dozen people that refused to even talk to them. Huh. I mean, if you're in a, in a position, okay, let's say you're Mark Killam and you're the special teams coordinator in, uh, in Calgary, and I, I, I'm just using this as an example, okay, don't, don't get personal. And they ask him to co- uh, interview for the offensive coordinator's position in Saskatchewan. Knowing that we're going to give you a one-year contract, knowing that the head coach and pretty much the entire coaching staff is going to be fired, Would you leave a secure, cushy job with tenure to go be an offensive coordinator on a losing team for one year? You have no hope of of making yourself look good enough to say, oh, this guy's awesome. Let's make him the head coach. Right. Who who would take that position? Not many. Well, somebody somebody did, but the majority of them declined to even be interviewed. Right. And you can't blame them. No, you can't. So, so we're into week seven here. Uh, Saskatchewan's playing BC. Saskatchewan's playing Toronto. I, 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 okay, they're playing Ottawa in week nine. Saskatchewan's playing Montreal in week ten. I literally could see Ottawa or Saskatchewan being 0-8. 0-9 by week 10. 
maybe. And and then they they get to play Ottawa and Montreal back to back and might actually win a game. Who knows? They they could win any of these games. BC, Edmonton, Calgary, any of them. They they could win. We all know it's the CFL and anything can happen. But realistically, those teams are all stronger than they are. Where Montreal is not. And that's not till week ten. True that. Saskatchewan's first victory is going to be in week ten. If if they can beat Montreal. Yeah. Because then they turn around and they play BC, they get a bye. They play Winnipeg. <laughs> you know, they play Winnipeg back to back. That's a Banshee Bowl, and then they play Edmonton. Yeah, they're they're just I don't know. Everybody says they're going to get ten wins this year. I I, I simply don't see it. Who's going to get ten wins? Saskatchewan. Really? Yeah, yeah everybody yeah. out there is calling nine to ten wins. And I says, they're not good. They had six last year. I don't think they're going to get five this year. Five, five would be my call. Tough one. Okay. Well, yeah. Anything else you want to add real quick? Nah. Well, I think we've said it all. You know what? We've gone through this two hours like it was nothing. Oh, yeah. We got like a minute and a half left. So just, you know, we could wrap it up with just about anything because our sign-off's not going to take that long. No, I mean. But I think I think this was a good show, my friend, and I appreciate your, your company on it. Yeah, You're, well, you, you know, we try. <laughs> We try. We we do do we do work well together. I listen to lots of podcasts, and we're not we're not that bad. Whoa, some people. Sorry, I didn't mean to do Benny Hill. Okay, no, we're not that bad compared to some podcasts I listen to. They're horrid. They're horrid. Yeah. They're horrid. horrid. Okay, I got forty-five seconds left. I'm going to sign off. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 530. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and I've had the pleasure of of sharing my airtime with my good friend, Will McDonald. And uh, say goodnight to the fans, buddy, and uh, we will talk next week. And uh, after a first preseason game, you can tell me all about it. Say goodnight, my friend. Good night, everybody. Make sure you watch football if you get a chance to in Calgary this weekend. There will be lots of empty seats in Calgary, but hey. Go watch football. Go CFL. Go Stamps. Good night, everybody. Good night, William.